brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Put that jug of Bigfoot Kool-Aid down and put on your headphones. It's time for Brian and Wayne on that Bigfoot podcast. Hey, Danny. Hello. This is usually where I'm saying, hey, Wayne, and Wayne says something smart, and then I say something smart. But Wayne isn't here. He is having some personal things he's taking care of today. So you are here filling in on that Bigfoot podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. This is rarer than seeing Bigfoot, really, is people hearing you behind a microphone. Do you want to tell the people how you really feel about being behind the microphone right now? Um, I'm excited. I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely 100% bullshit, people. That is not (laughs) accurate at all, but I appreciate you being here. I don't want to fly solo on this. So here we are. Are you like insecure or something? I'm a little bit insecure. Yeah, I did act like a little bitch on a a couple of shows back and people called me out. I'm not going to act like a bitch today. I'm not going to cry and moan and groan about Todd Gatewood or any of those people that disagree with me. We are going to talk about a couple of things before we get into the mailbag here. We're going to play a little audio for you. This is going to be a shorter episode because Wayne's not here. And this is a teaser for you guys to come back on Wednesday and hear the conversation that Wayne and I have about some of these things. So all jokes aside, Wayne does have some personal stuff going on. We wish him well. He will be back on Wednesday. Get it together, Wayne. I had shit to do today. Yes. Get it together, Wayne. Get it together, dude. I'm going to invoice you for this time. Wayne, that's what happens when you screw with the executive producer. You get invoiced, man. Before we get into some of the mailbag stuff, I want to talk a little bit about the newsletter that you guys have really been enjoying. We put out, I think, three or four. I don't even know how many editions we've got out now, but if you haven't taken advantage of the free newsletter, all you got to do is click right here in the show notes. Once you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get a welcome email from me. It'll tell you how you can get the archives. There's a button right there so you can go back and reread anything that you've missed. Then we're going to put those out every Sunday for you guys moving forward. Some really cool stuff. We talked about the gondola thing. We'll get into that a little bit today in the mailbag. I think we've got a couple of emails about the gondola debacle up in Canada, which we'll talk about. And another thing I'm very excited about is the book is officially out there. Sasquatch Unleashed, The Truth Behind the Legend is out there on Amazon. 
If you guys are Amazon shoppers and you don't want to go to Hangar One Publishing and buy it directly from them for whatever reason, you can get it on Amazon. We'll put the link right here in the show notes for everybody to pick it up on Amazon. I know people have Amazon Days. Do you have an Amazon Day, Danny, that you buy stuff from? Yes, I do. And you don't. So we get shit every day of the week and it's so aggravating. We live in the woods away from the hustle and bustle. And here you are with the driveway alarm going off constantly. You have a delivery today, do you not? Yes, I do. It's something for you, actually. But we won't get into that. Great. So yeah, if you're a shopper on Amazon and you want to get the book directly from Amazon, we'll have the link right here in the show notes. You can get it either way. I'd love to have you guys pick up a copy of it. If you can't get out to some of the events that we're going to be doing over the next six or seven months here all around the country and literally around the world, we'll be in the UK over there in July. You'll have plenty of chances to pick up the book directly from me. But if you can't do that and you want to get it from Amazon, you don't want to wait and then you just want to bring it to one of the events for me to sign, I'll be glad to do that. But without further ado, let's get into some of the mailbag stuff. You guys have had some sounding off to do about this gondola situation up in Canada. I know you probably don't have any clue what we're talking about, but there was a, a story that came out. It happened twice. Todd Standing has been posting some videos on his YouTube channel about this gondola situation. It's this big-ass gondola, like the one we've seen up in the Smokies. When you go up, it takes you up and down the mountain, right? So this thing, it was cut, in air quotes, twice. I think in 2019 and then again in 2020 or a couple of years ago. So we're talking four or five years ago. Todd has been posting all these videos over on Sylvanic Bigfoot. He thinks it's a pissed off Sasquatch. What is the purpose of this gondola? It's a scenic gondola. I think it's called Sea and Scenic or something. It's a scenic gondola ride that you get to see this beautiful mountainscape up in Canada. So it's a touristy thing. It's called Sea to Sky Gondola. So I'm assuming it's on the coast and you can see the sea and you can see the sky while you're riding the gondola. This thing has come down twice and to the point, which we talked about last week on the show, It costs like $10 million worth of damage between these two things being cut and destroyed the cars. This place went out of business. They had to lay all the people off. They no longer have a a company. Basically bankrupted them. Todd Standing has come out with these videos and said he believes it's a pissed off Sasquatch because of this thermal image that looks like it looks like a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, really, in the video. But he's saying it's a Sasquatch, right? We think it's complete bullshit. We think it was a person that cut this, but of course, Todd is out there trying to stay relevant. So some of you guys have been sounding off about that. Let's go to the first email in the bag here from Rob. Rob is actually a British physiotherapist that I had on the show. I had him over on Sasquatch Odyssey sometime last year. Had some really cool experiences up there. He lives in Canada at this point, and he dropped us a line yesterday on the website And it says, hey, it's Rob, the British physiotherapist you had on one of your earlier shows. I just listened to that Bigfoot podcast regarding the Sea to Sky gondola and Todd Standing's claims. Have to say, it's fully confirmed to me that this man has clearly got some mental health issues. (laughs) So this area in BC is known to have vandalism and sabotage. Interesting. We didn't know that before. That's new information. The images released by the RCMP don't show a Sasquatch. It's a guy in heavy pants and a jacket with a hood. You can see that they're wearing a belt and or a shoulder strap, too. This happened back in 2019 and 2020, like it correctly said. They reported a spate of similar issues during that time frame. At no point until the claims by Todd has anyone claimed otherwise, least of all it being a bloody Sasquatch. 
I listened to your show mm. from your time in Radium with Todd. I know you got some flack from people, and I thought it was pretty good. But what was very clear to me is this man, in my opinion, is a narcissist as well as a hoaxer. I recall your time with him in one of the interviews, him saying he would love to be on the Joe Rogan show. I bet he bloody does. That is ultimately what he wants. Fame. Like you said, stay in the news regardless of how outlandish the claims. He's already seen as an idiot over here from when he tried to take the provincial government to court and sue them over Sasquatch. How can he expect anybody to take him seriously anymore? So after this recent claim, it's beyond my understanding. He's such a disservice to the genuine researchers out there on the subject. No wonder it's never going to be taken seriously with people like Todd making such insane claims. There's got to be a point where enough is enough. My bullshit meter has finally blown on this one. I actually think it's high time that people even stop discussing him on podcasts or YouTube channels. He's not even worth the time of day, in my opinion. By the way, it's great to see how you've evolved as a podcaster. You've really matured, in my opinion, doing your podcast. You'll get the hate from time to time, and it's just the green-eyed monster in those individuals. Just be a bigger man and continue to rise above. Keep up all the great stuff, and your mate, Wayne, too. Cheers, Rob. Again, I think he's right on point with what Wayne and I talked about on the last episode. I think it's just a situation where Todd is trying to stay relevant in Sasquatch. He has put out so many of these bullshit videos in the past, and that got him a lot of fame. He rose to the top of the Sasquatch world in a lot of cases. He put out a very, in my opinion, well-done documentary with some really compelling things. But after that, he just faded into nothingness. And outside of his YouTube channel, where he continues to post clickbait videos and talk about the same shit over and over on his lives, there's not a whole lot for him to stay relevant. I think it's really sad in a lot of ways that he's out there trying to perpetuate this as being some sort of a Sasquatch. I agree with Rob. I think the thermal image is compelling, but it's clearly a dude in a suit, in my opinion. So, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about the gondola? If this has happened so many times in the past, right? Have they not released that information? What information are you talking about? What happened in in the previous incidences? Sure. Yeah, they've released the information they had. They didn't have a whole lot of information because they didn't have cameras. They didn't have security guards and stuff the first time. They've since put up this very expensive IR thermal imaging system that they caught the video that this image that we're talking about came from. Who are these vandalizers? Why are people so intent on vandalizing? It's a very interesting question. It's something I brought up to Wayne. We don't know the ins and outs of what happened here. We don't know where the land came from. Did they take it from First Nations people that may be pissed off because they feel like they got shafted over a bad land deal? But clearly, Rob lives in that area, so he's saying there's a lot of vandalism and a lot of this stuff going on just in general in that area. It would be very similar to us being back in the East Atlanta area and somebody being surprised that somebody spray-painted the side of a building overnight. It's just one of those things that happens, and it clearly sounds like it's happening regularly in that area. Even with all that information, the, the bottom line here is Todd is trying to turn this into something that it's clearly not. It's clearly people out there doing whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, and vandalizing this gondola and bringing it down. And he's going out and saying, oh, that image is clearly a Sasquatch. A pissed off Sabe went out and somehow managed to break this four to six inch round steel cable by hand and cause this damage. I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. I can't say what I think about Todd. I think you just said it all right there. 
All right, moving on to the next email. This one's kind of short. It's about the Land Between the Lakes episode of That Bigfoot Podcast. It says, hey guys, I'll start out by saying I love listening to you both on the podcast. I was listening to the LBL episode today, and I thought I would suggest if you plan another trip there during a drier time, maybe the fall might be the best time, the place is crawling with deer hunters during the fall. My wife and I go camping over there all the time. We have never had an encounter while being out there. But that being said, my wife will not let me look very hard either. He signs it on the fence believer, Michael. Yeah, I think the LBL is one of those places that yeah, obviously Wayne had a really shitty trip there. It rained the entire time while he and Troy and Mike were out. I think they just picked the bad time of the year. So hopefully we were going to try to get up there maybe this fall, but I don't think that's going to happen with our schedule. It looks like it'll probably be sometime in 2025, but we definitely want to get up there. We're talking about doing some documentary filming and we might spend three or four days. We might spend five or six days. I don't know. But we'll definitely get to the LBL at some point. But either way, Michael, we appreciate you listening, man. We appreciate the kind words. And hopefully you can talk your wife into letting you look a little harder the next time you're out in the woods. Next email says, hey, Brian, I hope all is well. I've been catching up on your episodes on the Bigfoot podcast. I really like it when you guys talk about certain subjects. It's very interesting. I have a topic for you guys I think the audience would like to hear about. The Mount St. Helens eruption and supposedly all the Bigfoot running and found dead. Hey, just an idea in my opinion. Let me know what you think, Travis C. That is a very interesting story. I think it's something we've had on our list to talk about for a while, Travis. So that may be in an upcoming episode. Who knows? That's something I'd like to get into. I have some feelings about that story, but I'll wait until that time to share it. But we appreciate the suggestion. If any of you guys have suggestions on what we can cover on the show, very much like Travis and anybody else who's ever emailed us. You can send us an email. You can leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. This is your show. Next email. Subject is the Patterson-Gimlin film. And they say, I know you're leaning towards the Patterson-Gimlin film being authentic, but I have my doubts. Everybody that claims to see a Bigfoot always talks about how fast they move. And if someone gets a picture of one, it's usually blurry because they move so fast. Patty doesn't look like she could move that fast at all, even if she needed to. Seems like she's very slow and uninterested in getting away from the camera at a decent speed. With the millions of cameras in everybody's hands these days, there's still no footage as clear as the Patterson-Gimlin film from the 60s. That's hard to believe. Patty would have heard or smelled these two guys coming from a long ways away, and she seemed as interested in making a speedy getaway. Doesn't make sense. Jack M. I am leaning towards the Patterson-Gimlin film being authentic because I've went back and studied it. We've done several shows about it over here. I've done them over on Sasquatch Odyssey. I've broken down some of the older interviews from five days after this incident back in 67. And we've done breakdowns of as recently as 2019 when Bob Gimlin was still doing a lot of live interviews. And I've compared those two and I've put my cop hat on and I've taken a look at what he said then versus now. And there are some inconsistencies, but for the most part, for 50 plus years, this man has not changed his story. And there's been so many breakdowns. We're going to get Dr. Tian on. I don't know if you guys watched The Proof is out there, but he was on with Dr. Jeff Meldrum. I guess it aired maybe back at last summer, maybe last fall. I don't know when it aired exactly, but they broke down the Patterson-Gimlin film and did some enhancements. We're not talking M.K. Davis and Todd Gatewood enhancements here. We're talking about legitimate enhancements of the film. And you see a lot of things that we've never seen before in the film. And again, Dr. Meldrum's breaking down the locomotion. He's breaking down the movement of the foot. And he believes it's real. Dr. Tian believes it's real. 
I'm going along to get along here, and I'm going to say I think it's real, but I do see some things that are posted out there just recently, breakdowns of how tall this thing was, where the arms were, and it compares a side-by-side with Bob Hieronymus. And if the measurements are right, it looks very similar. So I don't know. The Patterson-Gimlin film is one of those things that I don't think it's ever going to be solved. We've talked about that plenty of times. Everybody's going to have an opinion about it. But what you bring up, Jack, is a very interesting thing that you do hear about these things and how fast they move. It's in almost every situation I talk to people, every interview I have, when they have seen these things, when they come in contact with these things and during encounters, they move extremely fast. That seems to be, nobody ever says they move like a sloth. It's always, this thing moved faster than anything I've ever seen. To your point, if Patty is a real Sasquatch, she's not moving that fast at all. She's not even really walking fast away from these guys. And that's, again, we're talking about the speed, uh, the frame speed, depending on if it was done at 16 or 21 millimeters per second. There's still some debate about that. But even at 16 millimeters per second, she's not moving very fast. So good point. That's something that maybe Wayne and I will get into and talk about a little bit later on, maybe on another show. I think we've beaten that horse to death as far as the Patterson-Gimlin film. But Again, it's one of those interesting things that you hear over and over again about how fast these things move, yet Patty's not going very fast. I will just say, I find it interesting when people are trying to understand something like a Sasquatch, that they try to make these overreaching statements of they all move fast. When these are creatures in the wild and there are so many dynamics and complexities to a specific encounter or experience. They're not all going to move fast. I get that there's a need to find similarities in a creature or similarities when you're trying to understand something, but there are a lot of complexities to it as well. And I think that just because one isolated incident doesn't check all the boxes or fit all of our understandings of something automatically negates or should be the the way in which we are critiquing something or looking for something to behave in a similar way every single time. If you look at any animal that we have a great understanding of, let's just take dogs, for example, that are like actually become domesticated animals and pets within our homes. Any one of us could share plenty of experiences with their dog where they acted or behaved in very uncharacteristic ways because of the context or the the situation. And that's going to happen with any creature, especially a wild creature. So... I don't know if that will resonate with anyone or or help with the conversation or whatnot. Wanting something to fit within our understanding or I get wanting to find similarities of something so that we can better understand it or categorize it. But we also have to be very careful because any wild creature is going to behave differently or have so many different complexities to the specific context that might not fit. And then the other thing I would have to say to respond to that email Everyone loves to say, like, everyone has phones. Why hasn't a picture been taken? Or why isn't clear evidence being gathered? And if you take just a completely different topic, for instance, policing, everyone has a cell phone. And it's so easy to think that, oh, anytime a police officer does something or anytime, even if they're just responding to something happening, if you look at firsthand footage of a police officer responding to a scene, whether it's something the police officer is doing or it's specific to the scene that's gravitating people's attention just take something i don't know just come up with a a great police incident and think of how many people had cell phones or the ability to record that and then if you try to find that actual evidence 
There's not a whole lot of videos or pictures or evidence. What is available is going to be shaky at best. People typically, when they're observing something, they typically don't have the faculty to respond succinctly, quickly, professionally, smoothly, flawlessly, where it it would, would create great footage. Most people are so overwhelmed with or processing. There's a lot that happens to the physical body, chemically and and physically. Name something else that happens frequently that you would think people would be documenting and then find a ton of smooth, edited pictures or video of it. Think about paparazzi trying to take pictures of famous people or stars. It's a very chaotic kind of situation. And most people don't process calmly, succinctly, oh, this crazy shit is happening. Let me take out my phone. Let me select the right settings. Let me hold my phone and stabilize. Most people are holding their phone over here or far off on the right while they're trying to actually perceive it or look at it with their own eyes or use their own senses to experience something. So if you take that into account and specifically look at Bigfoot encounters or experiences, they're typically happening in the wild, in the woods, where people are already out of their elements, either trying to focus on maybe a hike or maybe trying to focus on foraging, getting away from electronics, meditate, or just experience life in a much different way that their first reaction is not going to be, oh, let me grab my cell phone out my back pocket and snap a picture. Or they're not sitting around in their home or maybe out in public with their phone already in their hand, scrolling through social media or engaging with their phone because they're consciously trying to disconnect from electronics or their phone or the outside world. They experience something and they're just not in that mindset, which could be a lot of the reason why a lot of things happen in the wild. We encounter a lot of cool things on hikes or when we're in the wild or in the natural world that we know exist, cool animals or cool plants or cool moments. And typically, we are in that moment fully or trying to experience that moment fully. Or you've got a whole bunch of other gear. When you're out in the wild, you usually prioritize gear differently. So water, your hiking sticks, whatever it is, whatever activity you're doing, maybe if it's an outdoor activity like rock climbing or a sport-related activity, your prioritization of your gear and your access to that gear is much different than just walking down the street with your wallet and your phone going to grab a cup of coffee. So I think that a lot of things play into an experience in the wild that could be very plausible and reasonable reasons why people aren't taking pictures or don't readily have a ton of evidence to support maybe what they're going to share as their encounter Because frankly, they're just trying to use their five senses to experience and process something themselves. Just take a moment and step out into the woods right now and try to process what's going on around you. And it's a different way of perceiving that our systems and bodies, frankly, aren't accustomed to just in the day-to-day, moment-to-moment. It's a very jarring experience for the senses and something that, especially in this day and age, in the modern era and world of existing and living that we're not accustomed to, that we don't practice frequently. I step outside every hour or so and can mistake a chicken running through the woods as something. Or there have been times we've had wild turkeys and it sounds like something that's bipedal walking in the woods. 
And then you just take a moment to acclimate and really process and you realize, oh no, it's just some wild turkeys. So those are some thoughts I have. Yeah. And the one thing about the Patterson-Gimlin film is you have to remember that Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin were out there on horseback with cameras. They had multiple cameras, different types of cameras, and they were looking for Sasquatch. They were looking to film a Sasquatch and they were also filming B-roll for a documentary about looking for Sasquatch. So Roger had to jump off of his horse, grab the camera, get the 50 plus seconds of film that he got, and that was it. But to your point, there's plenty of people I've talked to that have had encounters. They claim to see a Sasquatch and they have their phone in their hand or they have their phone in their back pocket. And they'll tell you time after time again, that was the last thing on my mind because I was looking at an eight foot tall eight that wasn't supposed to exist. The last thing I thought about was getting my camera and taking a picture of this thing. And that happens to people. And I think when you get in high stress situations, it happens to a lot of people because you don't process things the same way when you're in those situations that you would if it weren't a high stress situation. And you're seeing something that's frankly not supposed to exist. And as far as the speed of these things and the, how it gets reported over and over again in all of these encounters, I think a lot of times people are having these encounters and Maybe these things aren't moving as fast as people report them to be. And I'm not saying they're lying about it. I'm just saying it's perception. Because when, again, a heightened stress situation, your heart is racing, you've got adrenaline pumping through your body, everything seems to be doing things that it may not normally seem to be doing when you're in those situations. So I think when you're in that high stress situation, you can perceive perhaps that these things are moving at lightning speed or they're moving faster than you've ever seen anything move. I think it's the same thing a lot of times with the size of these things. I think sometimes they might be six and a half feet tall. When it comes out in the wash, after you've calmed down, oh man, it seemed like it was nine feet tall, and then it just becomes nine feet tall. So I think there's a lot of things that go into those kind of situations that could contribute to some of the things we're seeing. And again, to your point, every animal, every human being is different. Every animal is different. Same species or not, they all have different personalities. They all move differently. Our dogs move differently. I talk about it all the time. I can hear the dogs walking through the house and I know exactly which one's walking without seeing them because I've been around them so much. I know what's happening. So I think there's a lot that goes into that. All right. I'm going to save the rest of the mailbag for when Wayne gets back. There's a couple of things that are specifically to he and I about things that we've talked about in the past. This is what I really wanted to get into today. And I really want to get your opinion on this. I had a listener send me some audio. I can't remember his name. I'm going to try to look it up while I'm talking right now because I want to get his name right. But he sent me some audio. He said he'd sent it to a couple of other podcasters and never heard anything back from them. So he wanted to send it to me to see what I thought. So Tyler sends me this email. And I had a couple of things, and I'm going to link to these videos. I'll link to these videos over on the That Bigfoot Podcast blog. So head over to ParanormalWorldProductions.com. Check out the That Bigfoot Podcast blog at the top of the page, and you can see both of these videos. One of them is about 30 seconds, the first clip I'm going to play for you here. And the second one is a little bit longer. It was about two minutes and 20 seconds. I've narrowed it down here to a little over a minute, and I've looped the audio for you guys to hear it. They both were captured in Canada at different times by different people. And I thought it was very compelling. And I'm actually going to send it over to David Ellis at the Olympic Project and let David take a look at it, put it in the spectrograph. He may even be familiar with these. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it. I'm going to send him a text later on. And I'm going to send this to him via email and hopefully get some opinion from David on what he thinks this is. But I found it very compelling. I'm going to play this first clip 
let you hear it, Danny, and see what you think about it. What the fuck was that? I heard some shit there. over there when you heard the audio going what's your first reaction when you hear that oh that's some crazy shit i mean it almost sounded a little bit canine to me in the beginning yeah that's what i thought but then there's that part at the end that sort of that doesn't sound very canine to me no i'm not gonna act oh yeah that was a dog that was quite uh, intense i'm a big fan of dog man or moth man i'd take that over sasquatch any day so that's where my head went right away Oh, you're going dog, man. Oh, Jesus. Um, That's a whole nother episode for another day. But yeah, I thought it was very interesting. I'm trying to dig up the article and get a little bit more information because I'm sure Wayne and I will re- revisit this at some point in time on the show. I'll try to see a little bit more information about the area that it was in. So if any of you guys are listening to this, I think that audio actually came from Reddit is where Tyler pulled it from. So maybe you guys have been in the subreddit that this was posted in. Oh, so it wasn't his audio. No. He didn't collect it or experience that himself. No. He pulled it from Reddit. Interesting. Does that change things for you when you hear that, that somebody got it from another source? No, it just doesn't change things. It's still really cool. I think that it just convolutes and makes understanding or getting to the actual facts a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I agree. If you watch the video, and again, we'll link to it on YouTube. You guys can check it out. This guy's basically walking along in the snow. You probably heard it crunching in the snow. Yeah, he needed to sit down. Like, just sit down and shut up for a moment. It's hard. Again, you're in that situation. It's easy to Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, he probably was like, oh, shit, I need to get away from this. Yeah, I would be thinking the same thing. Let's get into the second clip. It's a little bit longer, but it's very compelling. Now, what you will hear about 10 seconds into this, I'm going to prepare you now. It's actually a baby that either this man or woman is holding. It's not part of the audio, so just concentrate on the howl that you hear in the background, not the baby in the foreground.
That was clearly a baby in the background a couple of times you heard there. But if you're listening closely enough, you can hear what we're talking about in the background. It sounds like this long, bellowing moan. What were you thinking as soon as you heard that? What was your first impression of that audio? I'm again, very compelling. It would be interesting to know the context of what the baby was experiencing. If the baby was hungry or if um, the baby was trying to be consoled for other reasons or if it was intuitively responding to that noise. Because young children, they, they can be very intuitive to their environment. And so if the baby had recently been fed, if the diaper had been changed, if it, all of its needs had been previously met, it would be interesting to know if that response was or could be likely contributed to obviously the wild noise that they were experiencing and hearing in the wilderness versus knowing, having firsthand knowledge that they were trying to console the baby for other needs that it, it had. Uh, but no, it's compelling. We've discussed this off the podcast, out from behind the mic, just you and I plenty of times. We've lived in our current situation in these woods for two years now, and we frequently hear things that are unexplainable or that are quite compelling. It's definitely not something that happens daily, but it, it happens frequently enough that at least once a week or so, one of us is grabbing the other one and saying, hey, did you hear that? Or, hey, come listen to this. Or I've said it to you plenty of times, the, the wilderness and the wild is extremely complex and there's a lot that goes on that we don't experience or have an understanding or just a, a psychological way of processing or relating to. I, I hear cool, interesting, neat things frequently. I've heard cows before that I'm like, what in the fuck is that? And after you take some more time to listen, you realize it's a cow, but taking out of context, it could sound quite compelling or really cool or interesting to someone. I think it's interesting that you brought up the kid because the very first 10 seconds in, as soon as I heard the audio for the very first time, it sounded like to me that kid was responding mm -hmm. to what it was hearing. And there's a second time where you hear the mom go, shh, shh, yeah, yeah we're, like, we're trying to hear what's going on in the background. And I really felt like the baby was responding. Now, I did read a little bit about that audio and I did in just a cursory readover from the article, I think it was actually a news article that this video was posted on, and I'll certainly link to that so you guys can see it on the blog. It was compelling to me that some people had claimed this was a hoax. Some people were claiming that there was some sort of a big loudspeaker sitting out farther in the woods, that this guy was playing this and then filming the video to get a reaction from whomever watched it. It's interesting because the audio sounds very similar to some of the stuff that Julie Ranch has captured here in the Uwari National Forest, just a few hours away from us here in North Carolina. It's similar to some of that waning, moaning sort of sound that she's captured in the woods at her place. And again, this was in Canada. So we're talking thousands and thousands of miles apart, getting very similar stuff. I've never heard audio that sounded like that really any other place other than some of the stuff that Julie played on the show when I had her and David Ellis on couple of years back over on Sasquatch Odyssey. So I don't know. I think it's compelling. You guys tell us what you think. You can send us an email, brian at paranormalworldproductions.com, danny at paranormalworldproductions.com, or wayne at paranormalworldproductions.com. We would love to have you take advantage of the leave us a voicemail button. You guys have left tons of voicemails about the show and things we cover over here. If you want to be a part of the show, it's right here in the show notes. It says, leave us a voicemail. All you have to do is click it. You can record it right from your phone, your tablet, 
your computer, whatever you're on, it comes directly to us and we will play it on the show. We thank you so much for tuning in. Usually Wayne gets the last word on every That Bigfoot podcast. Do you have any last words of wisdom for the people? I don't know if it's words of wisdom, but I challenge someone to the criticism that some of those people have. I would love to see someone take a speaker or some like sound system out into their woods and play something. And that imagery is just, yeah, people have a lot of time. Yeah. And people say that because a lot of people do that. That's how people perpetrate hoaxes. Yeah. They'll dub over audio. Honestly, when I first heard that clip, I immediately went to that. Sounds like it could possibly be dubbed over. But when I listened to it with headphones on through our sound system here, through our recording stuff, it doesn't sound like to me that it's dubbed over at all. I don't know. It could be interesting. I guess I'll do Wayne's line in honor of Wayne. Until we see you guys again, you guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you later. Peace. Bye. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.